podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the Hot Lap Podcast. I absolutely promise this is not the fourth time I've tried starting this show because I did three bad intros. Oh no, fifth time. I did three bad intros, then the last one I was happy with and the computer crashed. Fucking great. Anyway, I'm going to say the same thing I've just said five times. So what you get now is probably a pretty condensed version of it because I don't want to say it again. Um... Thank you for downloading the podcast. I'm glad you're back. It's all it's all good. We're all looking forward to back it. Uh, if you want to help me out, please like and share this podcast. Send it to your friends. If you like Formula One, you probably like know other people that like Formula One, and you never know those people like might list like might might like me talking about Formula One. There you go. Managed to get it out. Um, yeah, all that usual stuff. I've had people get in touch with me saying about patrons. Um, I've thought about starting a patron for Hot Lap. I don't really know what I'm going to do with it yet because I don't know what else to give you. I don't know. I don't know how to handle a patron for uh, for this. The, if you're interested in helping the podcast out, uh, consider Musty Audio's patron, my patron. So if you go to Musty Audio, you can sign up to one of those tiers, safe in the knowledge that whatever I produce goes up there ad-free. And you can get it. And you help me out. You help you out. You keep this whole thing going. I might even change Musty Audio's uh, patron name to just my own name so that people know that when they're, when they're supporting Musty Audio, they're supporting me, do the, the, do the things. Anyway, let's leave the business and money aside and talk about rich boys racing cars real fast um we've got baku coming up so there's there's a couple of little articles that have sort of dragged up that i think are quite interesting there's not been a lot going on in the world of formula one the only thing that's like really impactful right now is the fact that as of me recording this podcast i believe valtteri bottas still stuck in um, Finland. Now, this has led to all of the George Russell memes. Every single one of them you could possibly imagine now exists in the world. Um, it's interesting. I don't know. He says there's some pro- there's been some sort of mix-up with the plane. It's like, could it be? Could it be a positive test for Valtteri that uh, Mercedes are just waiting to hear back from? Who knows? Probably nothing. He'll probably be in Baku tonight and he'll be in the car tomorrow. But wouldn't it be exciting? Wouldn't that be exciting? Not just to get George Russell back in a Mercedes, but George Russell in a Mercedes next to Lewis Hamilton. Be pretty tasty, wouldn't it? Could you imagine? That's all I want from this year now. That's absolutely all I want. I don't want I don't want anything bad to happen to Valtteri. Maybe he gets locked in his house. That'd be fine. He doesn't have to get any sort of like bug. 
But, you know, if you could happen to not have to race for a weekend, that would make the year better, wouldn't it? But, yeah, um, I'm sure it is just a a, a mix-up with, uh, with the plane. It's odd. It's odd for a Formula 1 team to lose a Formula 1 driver. So... Well, yeah, I just I feel awful. I feel awful even covering this because I just don't want him to race. I want George Russell to have that car. Um, I wonder if he did, right? I wonder if Russell did get that did get in that car and did really well. I wonder if they just cut their losses on Valtteri. I wonder if that would be the catalyst just to go, look, guys, this is happening in bloody eight months' time anyway. Let's. Do this shit now. Ah, it would be delicious. Anyway, sorry if you're a Valtteri Bottas fan. I'm sure there's a couple of you out there. Um, speaking of Mercedes, uh, there was a, an interview with Toto Wolf, and he was asked, if you could run a third car, who would it be? And he instantly replied, George Russell. Not Max Verstappen. He would have George Russell in a third car. I, I the, These things are sort of, Coming up and coming up, every, like we know that George is kind of Mercedes elect, but it's it's so so time, isn't it? George, uh, he's all uh, George Russell has also said that he wants his future uh, secured before the summer break. Um, I think he's going to get his wish. I think he's going to get confirmed for Mercedes um, in the middle of the summer break at some point. Because it's it's what everybody wants. Maybe they'll do it together. Maybe they'll do it now, like a full like Lewis resigns, George Russell's resigns. That would be great, but we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. What? How strange would it be, wouldn't it? You know, when you consider that when Jensen Button was world champion, he didn't get kept on it. He didn't get kept at Braun because essentially because he was British. And they wanted an all German lineup with a Schumacher and a Rosberg, um, but isn't, wouldn't that be crazy that to all these years later Mercedes end up reverting with an all British team after not keeping a world champion? But how strange! I st- I still stand by the fact that if uh, if Mercedes hadn't have coaxed Lewis away. Jensen would have stayed at Mercedes. I think Jensen would have had his way in a similar way to how Lewis did with Nico Rosberg because I just don't think Nico could have... I think Button is closer to Hamilton's pace than uh, Rosberg would be uh, and he's ultra-consistent. And I don't think Rosberg could have rattled Jensen Button. I think you would have found much like you found with Lewis Hamilton and McLaren. I think you'd have found Lewis Hamilton. Uh, sorry, you would have found Valtteri Rosberg. Valtteri Rosberg. No, I think you would have found Nico Rosberg leaving Mercedes. He'd probably still be in Formula One actually, because he wouldn't have won a world championship. He wouldn't have had the thought, "Fuck, I have to do another season next to Lewis." He'd probably still be racing in Formula One. But yeah. It, I just thought it was interesting, little tidbit, saying, yeah, you know, George is our guy. And I hope he does get the seat. I think he's... I think I think he's got potential to be, like, top three. 
top three driver, like possibly even the best on the grid, if he's given the opportunity and the car. Um, the FIA are going to clamp down on unnecessarily slow driving around Baku because of the last two turns. They don't want somebody like piddling around at the back of the grid, trying to, trying to gain some space for a qualifying lap, and then somebody coming around and creaming into the back of them. Uh, seems perfectly reasonable. There's more talk about flexi wings, which I can't bo- really be bothered getting into. Um, the big sort of thing that jumped out at me, and I've kind of changed my opinion on reading this article, and it's a, like it's just good. I, I went into reading this article um, about Lewis Hamilton talking about the... Um, I think, is she a Japanese lady? Is it, um, what is it? What is, is your name? Naomi Osaka, is it? Um, the ten- tennis player that uh, pulled out of the French Open because she didn't want to be interviewed by the media because she she said she'd be, she's been struggling with mental health and she, she just couldn't handle the pressure of the media. Uh, Lewis Hamilton has weighed in on this. Uh, saying that he felt like he was thrown to the wolves where when he came into uh, Formula One. And this is the reason I pulled this up, because at first I... I uh, it's such a squirrely topic, and I it's odd. I don't... Can't, it's not I don't believe Lewis Hamilton with that. I do not believe that a um, McLaren driver didn't get media training. Because that's kind of what he's saying there. He didn't. He didn't get any guidance, and I just, I just don't believe that a McLaren driver didn't get media training. Not even for them. Not even for the driver to help them. Just for the team that he would have got media training. Um. So yeah, I, I find that I find that all very strange. But it's it left me with a bigger question, and you know, because the, the this article goes on to say how he he uh, how he if he thought. The media could be streamlined in Formula One and made better. And I think obviously all sports people probably don't want to be addressed by the media. But it's in in the same way as most most politicians probably don't want to be interviewed by the media because for every time you have a win, there is another time and I don't, ju- I don't just mean that like as in a win as in you know, you've w- like won your chosen discipline. I mean as a win as in like a career win or a personal win or something you want to shout about. Yeah, at that time where you've had said win, I'm sure you want to speak to, to the media and tell the world about it. But realistically, it's not the wins we want people to be scrutinised for. It's... Um, Whenever anything bad happens, yeah. Whenever, whenever anything b- bad happens to uh, a driver, maybe they've done something wrong. Maybe two drivers get into a crunch at the uh, at one race, then go to the next. We want to see those two drivers in the drivers' press conference together, don't we? We want to see them there. We want to see if there's any niggle, if there's any sparks fly. And I simply don't believe that they should be able to use. And I, I, I must stress use because. Uh, as a person that I see, I even hate saying like as a person that struggled with me- mental health because I think so many people say it now that it, it's the phrase is almost meaningless. But um, as a man that dealt with some depression and had um, oh, like dr- drifted through having like 
med uh, not medic well yeah f- uh, pharmaceutical interventions uh with it and decided they weren't for him and and went it went a different route i uh i fully appreciate like depression and these uh, the when your your brain is almost playing in a team against you i fucking get that and i know it's shit but the problem is is people game systems and I, I can't help feeling that if so, if someone all of a sudden, like when um, Sebastian Vettel drove into the side of Lewis Hamilton at Baku, if he could have got out of not going to the next me- next media briefing, I'm sure he could. And it's it just seems that sometimes sports stars, often the ones that are at the top of their game and have already had to do all this to get there, feel that they shouldn't have to do certain things and i think the thing is you've got to remember it's it's easy to forget like the the huge sums of money that lewis hamilton gets paid for what he does it's easy to think oh he's paid that for what he does in the car and he's paid a portion of that for what he does in the car and i'm sure the lady tennis player is paid a portion of what she does for when she's on the court but it's all the other stuff that goes around these things that generate the money that allow those the sponsors to come in that allow these things to happen and i think sometimes sports stars forget that and it's part of it and i don't i don't want the, any of this talk in formula 1 this is why i'm bringing it up you know could you imagine they cuz the pen interviews for instance great like the we we get interviews now Almost immediately after a driver has been taken out of a race, sweaty, hot, not had a shower yet, thrown into the pen, and it's exactly the way it should be because it's it's their job to tell a story, not their team's job to get in the way. You know, it's, I, if I had my way, they'd be interviewed as soon as as soon as they got back to the paddock, and you wouldn't be allowed to handle her. That's the way I'd I'd handle the drivers' press conferences. That they had to speak to the media before they went back to speak to the team, uh, because it would in a such a sanitized sport that Formula One has become, it would add a little bit of human emotion back to it. And I do I do worry with these things. Like we we've we can use mental health issues as this big old blanket, and uh, some people need to be under that blanket. Don't get me wrong. But there's going to be other people that just want to sneak in under the edge because the blanket looks comfy. Anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up because once again, it's you know, uh, it's it's a big issue and it's it's sorry, it's a big topic in sport. Um, Lewis is whether you like it or not, he is a listened to man when it comes to um, various social issues. So, yeah, I just thought it was it was an interesting thing to bring up. And there's not a lot of news. So the last thing I've got is there is a new Formula One game coming this year. Shock fucking horror, hey, guys. Another Formula One game. Um, it's going to be called F1 2021. Catchy title. And it's coming out on the 16th of July. Uh, I'm not going to go too far on this because I know lots of you maybe probably don't play, like, video games so if you don't sorry don't worry we're gonna get to your uh talking points in a minute but yeah uh it's coming out for playstation 4 playstation 5 xbox one 
Xbox Series X and S and PC. I'm looking forward to this because it's going to bring back uh, like the career mode. It's going to bring a, a story called Breaking Point. And I, uh, I cannot wait to uh, to play the Breaking Point thing. I, I love sto- story modes in sports games. Uh, and I can't wait to see what they can do with it with a full. I think they said it should should take between five and six hours, which feels like the perfect amount of time for a sports story story mode. So it it does feel this this whole game from what I've seen does seem to be a bit of a uh, stopgap before next year when EA fully take over when it comes to the franchise as they bought Codemasters. So I'm looking forward to Formula 1 2021. I think it's going to be another good Formula 1 game. I think the last Formula 1 game was the best Formula 1 game of all times. Uh, We're going to get to your talking points now. Thank you to everybody who sent them in. Um, Let's start with this. There's a lot of... A lot of them seem... Well, not seem George Russell heavy. There's some George Russell heavy heavy things here. Uh, and I think you're going to find some of them interesting. Uh, firstly, I'm a big fan of Max, uh, but with Lando, George, and New Blood yet to come in, come in, will Max be the greatest driver never to win a world championship? Uh, he never gets the car with Red Bull, then out of options, go, it goes to Ferrari uh, for his career to die. Um, I've, I think that's dead interesting because... I think there's a very good chance Max never wins a world championship. I think there's there's different factors involved here. Um, he's he's clearly a great talent. That's that's obvious. Is he is he the match or or better than Lando or George? Maybe I don't know. You know, it's he's certainly there right now. Um, I think there's, there's certain other drivers out there. Like, I think you could definitely put Daniel Ricciardo in that box of drivers that were probably good enough to win a world championship, but which would never actually do it. I think I've said for quite a long time, if you've been listening to Three Legs, Four Wheels, um, he he could be like the next Gilles Villeneuve. I I can I could see that that happening. Um, I'm not sure how much better. Max Verstappen is going to be. I think that's the thing. Like you can see a, you can see a curve and a trajectory for like for Lando Norris, where he seems to just digest every season and come back a little bit better and a little bit better. Whereas we've kind of seen the same Max now for three years. So is he? Is that a plateau skill wise? I'm. I'm I don't know. You know, it's. Uh, he, I mean, he's clearly capable of winning the world championship. You know, he's he's in the running now with Lewis Hamilton, and we expect if Red Bull can keep giving him the car, this is going to last for the rest of the year. We've never felt this from Valtteri Bottas, or indeed um, Nico Rosberg. To be perfectly honest, it was only. Uh, I think. I think Lewis would have won that championship more comfortably if he hadn't uh, if he hadn't or comfortably if he hadn't have 
had that engine blowout that year. Um, so, no, it's an interesting thought, Max Verstappen not becoming a world champion. And it is pretty much Red Bull, isn't it? It's in Red Bull's court, his career. I don't know where he goes. And even now, if you were to move teams, right, as far as the top teams go, even even if you get yourself into a Mercedes, it's a roll of the dice on who's going to get these new rules right. I don't know who's going to get them right. I, we suspect Mercedes will be a um, a force to be reckoned with. But on this, in the same respect, they've lost like 50 engine guys. 50 engine guys uh, to Red Bull for their new like Red Bull engine program. That's going to hurt. Yo, because it's not it's not just the um, hiring people that can do those jobs or hiring people that are equally qualified. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there which are qualified to do their job. Um, But it's that you're then integrating them back into a team. And in such a time when stability is stability going into next year will be such an like an aid that's why i think mercedes would be a fool not to take george russell next year because it's he is although a new person coming into the team he's kind of more of a mercedes driver than he is a williams driver you know we we know that so that's that adds stability for Max, I mean, he has to stay with Red Bull for next year, you would have thought. I don't see the Mercedes door being opened up for him. I am, I think if Lewis if Lewis retired at the end of the year, then you would look at Max Verstappen as a, we, it, we need a proven race winner in this car. We can't just go into the season with, oh, sorry, a proven contender, I should say. Uh, we can't just go into next season with Valtteri Bottas and... Uh, George Russell, who has driven one good race in our car, as in on in the Mercedes, obviously. Um, so I could see them taking Max Verstappen, binning Bottas, and taking George Russell. That would be an exciting team, I think. If you had George Russell, who was already embedded in the Mercedes ecosystem, or he essentially understands the car more. Max Verstappen would be the de facto number one, really. But I think it. I, I, I don't think there would be a number one and number two. It would be so interesting to see which which one of those came out on top. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I can see. I, I even moving to Ferrari. Um, I mean, I'm sure they would take. I'm sure Ferrari would take Charles Leclerc or Carlos Sainz and throw them off a cliff to take Max Verstappen instead. I don't know if that would be the right thing even for Ferrari. But we've seen with drivers in the past, haven't we? Look at what happened with Fernando Alonso where there, there was just nowhere for him to go. And I can't. I, I don't really believe this toxic Fernando um, sort of rhetoric. You know, when he was in Ferrari, he, he was... Carrying that car on his team, on his team, no, on his back, um, and then he he ended up with no, he couldn't find a better drive than to go to a new project with McLaren Honda, and then we know what happened there. So there has only ever been like a couple of cars, usually that are capable of winning world championships, and. It's hard to get into those teams. 
So yeah, I can I can see. I mean, if uh, let's just say Lando keeps going and going and going and it gets better and better and better until he is an absolute star driver in that McLaren. That McLaren's right up the top of the field. Uh, what what do you what do you do? Do you do you get a driver like Max in and risk like destroying that balance? I don't I don't think you do. Not when you've got somebody somebody equally. Young. I always look at his age. Um, it's it's like it's why I would take. I I if I was Red Bull, I would take George Russell over like Perez, for instance, and risk like the the uh, the upheaval there because you you've got a young team. I mean, I I, I suppose I'm just going against what I said there about McLaren and Lando Norris, but I don't know. I think next year next year needs to provide something and hopefully next year's rules will provide like squishing the grid up so it, so it means we get like an extra team an an extra team there to to fight right up the front but we'll have to see anyway frequent commenter Ben Dover I'd like you to start changing your Twitter name just for these comments so I have to say something funny every weekend and make it different um Russell is clearly fast over one lap, but he's never proven that he's uh, he's he's as good in a race. He often loses positions from the start, hasn't scored any points for Williams. Also, if um, someone tried to ring me, I was trying to read off my phone then. Also, if Mercedes stick with Bottas for next year, what are the options for George Russell? I do not believe will you, uh, Mercedes will stick with Bottas. Um, somebody else will be in that car is it Max Verstappen? Who knows? I think it will be George Russell. Um, I disagree about George Russell not showing he's good in a race. Um, I don't think that Williams is good. So all you can do is look at what's around him and he constantly puts that car where it shouldn't be and then the car lets him down, not necessarily himself. So, no, I, I, I genuinely believe he is... And this is... Don't forget, this is me that's a Lando fan. It's not like I'm... I've got crazy George Russell coloured spectacles. I, I I think he might be the best driver on the grid. Like once he's once he's in a top team and he's settled, I think George Russell might be like that one in a lifetime talent Schumacher level. And it's not I I know from from speaking to other people which are much closer to inside the paddock than I am that there's people inside the paddock that constantly refer to the way George Russell goes about his business similar to the way that Michael Schumacher used to go about his business so I I do I think he's I think he's got everything he needs to be like a very well remembered driver so I yeah I I no I don't I don't uh I'm I'm afraid I don't agree with any of that I think he's gonna be brilliant driver biggie j what do you think uh is the point of a second austria race with 23 race with the 23 race calendar hardly seems necessary uh, a necessary replacement unless they are doing it and they uh they expect races in the second half of the season yeah to go shit if that happens which races do you think are fucked i've no fucking idea i've no idea whatsoever um, you know, 
I, I'm, I'm fucking bored of talking about the Rones now. I am the, you know, the 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 rollouts going on. If that's as fucking successful as everyone says it's going to be, then we shouldn't have to worry about this sort of thing. Um, it's just nice now that we're getting we're getting people back into back into crowds. We're getting people back into Formula One, back into stands. That's all I'm interested in. Uh, by the sounds of it, uh, Holland is going to be uh, a full house. So you know that's great. Um, but other than that, yeah, I'm not I'm not playing fucking Roan's lottery. I just don't know enough about it. I don't. I don't know enough about it, and I think there's, regardless of where you stand on any of this now, it's so, it's so political, but it's so politicized now that it's kind of it's be it's beyond healthcare now because it's a tool that can be used for various purposes. So it's. I I, I hope we get all the races. I think we probably will. I think you're probably right. They're doing it as an insurance policy because there has to be 16 races, I think, for it to be classed as a world championship over um, X amount of countries. So, yeah, I think it's probably an insurance policy. Um, which tracks would you realistically like to be brought back in as substitutes? Sorry if you've discussed this before. Um, where would I like to be brought back? See, I got um, San Marino. You know, that was that was always a, a track I enjoyed. That came back. I enjoyed Mangello as well. I thought I thought that was good. Um, where else? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think as long as uh, like my my favorite circuits are still Formula One circuits. I, I, it's it's Spa. I'd never want to lose Spa. Just fucking pin that to the calendar forever. I want Canada back. That's there you go. Like we don't have Canada this year. That's always been one of my favourite races. I love Canada. So yeah, I want them to not be fucking riddled with roans, and then we can get we can get back to Canada. That would be nice. Uh, we have. More of these, I believe. Like I said, they're heavy, heavy on the Russell stuff. Uh, Steve G2160 on Instas. Uh, how will Russell Hamilton title fight play out? I think Russell would beat Lewis Hamilton. Uh, and I'll tell you why. I just think he's got a cool head. And in the same way as Hamilton deals with people, I there's a bit of me thinks that he would just be too fucking fast sometimes for Lewis. I think that would destabilize Lewis. I think his head would drop and I think George could do to Lewis what Lewis did to Fernando. And some of yous are going to fucking hate me for that and I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> um um Dandu is that it? Ankit Dandu? What a what a great fucking name. Uh, Antonio Giovinazzi, a solid number two uh, Ferrari driver, or is he being made to uh, to look good because Kimi has passed it? Also, should Kimi retire and Schumacher or Eilert should be promoted to Alpha Salba? Um, 
I think GV Nazi is being flattered because we've got an out of sorts Kimmy. I don't know if Kimmy's past it. He was probably past it a couple of years ago, to be perfectly honest. But it's he's in that awkward phase, isn't he, now of an aging sports star? Sometimes you find this, don't you, with with players where or players or uh, competitors. If for anyone that watches snooker, snooker's got a perfect example of that right now, and it's Ronnie O'Sullivan. Ronnie O'Sullivan is still a great player and capable of beating anybody on their given day. Um, he does seem to have issues with stringing a whole like campaign together and winning big events. Now, Kimmy is probably over the course of this season going to outscore Giovinazzi. He's just having a bit of a tricky time of it at the minute in a tricky car. For me, I'm not sure where Kimi gets his motivation from because he's been to like literally the height of height of Formula One. You don't get better than winning a championship for Ferrari. So, yo, how does he motivate himself in the same way to go to Salba every weekend or Alfa Romeo or whatever you want to call it? It must be difficult. Um, yeah. I, I love Kimmy. I want to stay in Formula 1 forever, but there will be a time where he retires, obviously. Uh, and I think you're probably right. I think right now, Kimmy is probably... He's... Right, well, let's, let's, let's look at things as we should look at everything. We'll look at it on the Jensen Button scale. He is performing worse than Jensen Button before Jensen Button retired and Jensen thought it was time to retire. So take that for what you will. He's also performing worse than uh, Rubens Barrichello was before Rubens Barrichello retired. Or Felipe Massa. So you're probably right. He's probably he's probably taking a seat off someone that should be uh, that, that should be in the car. Islet would be a good shout though. I like your Islet shout a call. I feel I feel his time has been missed. I think he's going to be one of the forgotten drivers, and unfortunately, I think that's because of Schumacher's name. Because I still think Islet probably has had a better chance of being a good Formula One driver than Mike Schumacher, uh, Mick Schumacher. Fuck the flexi wing contro- controversy. Uh, it'll be sorted by the FAA. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking boring. I'm sick of listening to it as well. Do you know what? Just rip it all up. Say yeah, guys. Just make the wings as fucking flexible as you want. I don't care. I don't care about it. And this is the thing: is it makes it sound like it's only Red Bull that I've got this. Fo- or is it Red Bull and Ferrari to an extent? But um, it makes it sound like only only a couple of teams have got these flexible wings. Everyone's wings flex. Theirs just flex a little bit more. So they've done a better job because they've managed to make their wings flex more and still stay in one piece. So Denny care. Um. This one's out of left field. Sorry, this is from Dakman Blue. Um, this one's out of left field. Is Sonoda's uh, driving style similar enough to Max's to be able to handle the uh, the big bull car? Uh, both are right at the limit every single lap. Um, no, I don't think they are. Like That's the odd thing about Max Verstappen. You always think he's dragging the... Um, it's interesting Max Verstappen fact here. I know something, so let's let's sit comfortably. Um, 
he's not as ragged as you think he is. He's a lot smoother and he isn't that um, quite on the edge driver. It's his, in fact, he... um, he, he kind of races almost like what how you'd play a video game or how I play a video game anyway. Maybe I just, maybe I should be in the Red Bull. Maybe Mac, me and Max got similar styles. Who knows? Probably. But um, he breaks much earlier, like much earlier than other drivers. Lewis Hamilton's the, la- the, the latest of the breakers, I believe. Uh, but he breaks a lot earlier and sort of carries the car through the corner and then accelerates out of it. So sorry, well, accelerates like through the corner and out, but he he's an early breaker. He's not as like on the limit as you think he is. And don't get me wrong, it fucking it works for him. There's different things do work for different people. So yeah, I'm not sure whether that would be the case. Uh, I don't think she, you can Sonoda could handle the Red Bull car. In fact, I don't think he's going to be a good Formula One driver. To be perfectly honest, I said that from the word go. Is uh, everybody was fucking ripping themselves silly weren't they about how excited they were about this guy and how he was top tier and stuff like that and what happened he did one good race he did one good race and then it started to fall apart and he started to look very average again uh, and I would argue that Albon would have been a better choice for that car Um, and I fucking destroyed Albon last year didn't I It's probably my fault. He didn't even get a drive because I'm so influential. Uh, Jake Muller, thank you for getting in touch, mate, because it was cool and I I enjoyed reading your message. Uh, Lee, hello. Uh, Possible talking points for Hot Lap. Uh, I've been thinking about Grosjean's crash in Bahrain. Uh, no one seems to be talking about the fact that uh, at some stage he was a total liability on track. Take the spin in 2018 uh, across the whole track, lighting up the rear tyres. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was amazing. He was okay, but it was uh, uh, it was his fault again. Yada yada yada. Uh, just look at uh, look looking back at the footage. It's a typical Grosjean move. I doubt any. Uh, I doubt there's anyone there that would just cut across the track like he did. Uh, it it was a dick. Well, sorry, he didn't say it was a dick move. I'm saying it was a dick move. It was a dick move, and it, it could uh, and he could have and almost did kill somebody. Uh, yeah, I mean, he tried to take out two world champions, didn't he, from the back of the grid in Belgium when he fucking smashed into Lewis Hamilton, went straight over the top of Fernando Alonso. Grosjean was a very crashy Formula One driver. Um, And in some ways, I think I said this, you know, I think I said this on the Three Legs, Four Wheels podcast, that that crash was the best thing that could have happened to Formula, that that could have happened to Grosjean's Formula One career. It, because the image you remember of Roman Grosjean was him heroically, and it was a heroic action, jumping out of the car the way he did, the interviews he did subsequently, I mean, like, genuinely, the uh, if you can watch that interview he did with Martin Brundle, where he said um, he was sat in his car and he thought of his children and he uh, and he, uh, he thought to himself, they don't lose their father today. I have not watched that without filling up. Like, as a father myself, I cannot 
begin to imagine what it must be like to be in that situation. Like knowing that you're, you, I can only think that your thoughts thoughts would be racing to the point where it might even creep into your head. Not only the fact that you'll never see your children again. You know, it's the. Um, I think I think most parents like if if you've been sick when you when you have children you do have that horrible feeling so I think oh my god am I gonna am I gonna leave my child without a father, um, but it's not just that the I I wonder whether you'd even think at that point like fuck man you know it's not only am I gonna leave them without a father they're gonna look back in years to come and realize that their fucking dad got toasted trackside. Jesus, uh, yeah, but it made people forget about all the all the craziness they did. You know, uh, I doubt he'd have got he'd have like probably got his indie car drive without that. You know, was, I I think the the crash probably helped boost his profile in some respects. Uh, you didn't see Maldonado. You didn't see Maldonado going to IndyCar, and Maldonado was. Was he just as crashy as Roman Grosjean? Maybe, maybe Maldonado crashed more regularly, but I would argue that Grosjean was more spectacular. Um, yeah. So no, no, I, I, t- I totally agree with you. I think I don't know why why people have forgotten that um, he is. He, it was a shame, you know. I, I think there was something else in Grosjean. But he couldn't get it under control. He couldn't sort it out. He was either fast or dangerous. And when he started having to try and reel it in to become more consistent, he lost some of his speed. Anyway, thank you for joining me this weekend. Uh, this weekend, this week, I've made so many fuck ups on this podcast. It's unbelievable. It's like my mouth doesn't work. Um, but yeah, thank you. Come and join me next week. I'll record it on Sunday. I'll put it on Monday. Probably probably Sunday night. Uh, after the race in Baku, and we can talk about the race, and there'll be more stuff to talk about, so that'll be nice. Um, again, please go and share this podcast. It helps me loads. If you want to help even more, go to Patreon. It's the Must See Audio Patron. Sign up, and it helps everything. Other than that, like let's just keep loving the sport we all love and use podcasts like this to come together and I'm trying to think of a way to finish this podcast now and I think I fucked it anyway I will see you all very soon bye bye this podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network Network.